The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're discussing transforming lives and communities. With us today, we have Peter Jeff. Much, Dr. G. Looking forward to speaking again. Leadership Matters. Great, and then also. David Harris will be joining us soon, and he's Vice President of Iowa West Foundation. And our Associate Producer, Ms. Valerie Wright, is also on the line. Thank you, Valerie, for being with us. Thank you, and good afternoon, Dr. G. Yes, and I know Valerie will be looking out for and um, joining us um, in our third segment, getting the uh, questions from the audience, and we welcome you to email those in as well as call in as we begin to have this conversation. Peter, as we uh, transition into this conversation, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about yourself so that our listening audience can have a little bit of a sense of the perspective that you bring. Yes, uh, thank you, Dr. G. Yes, I'm uh, Peter, Peter Jeff. I'm the author of a personal leadership book titled Get a Grip on Your Dream. Many also know me as the Leadership Mints Guy uh, after a leadership blog that I created. It's uh, very much like those candy mints that are designed to be quickly refreshing and maybe make you a smile a bit or two on a busy day with a story or a fun fact that personalizes leadership principles. A lot of blogs out there uh, giving you the, uh, the rhetoric on leadership. I try to take that up a notch and hit make it a little more fun. Uh, these leadership mints uh, reflect my 25 years experience in corporate public relations work where I had a ringside seat in ex- the executive suite of large and small uh, companies uh, including a multi-billion-dollar company, Steelcase, that even today uh, bills itself as, get this, a human-centered company that is in the business of unlocking human promise. Uh, I consider myself a privilege to have worked there, so I consider myself very privileged to have seen leaders in, in action in a variety of ch- very challenging situations that certainly have informed my uh, understanding of what leadership is all about it certainly has complemented my personal leadership experience, whether that's uh, teaching at the college level or designing and executing public relations strategies that certainly have everything to do with uh, influencing behavior, which, of course, is leadership. And, uh, of course, with relationship building, I can only hope that that means transforming lives and communities. So looking forward to speaking with you on this. Okay, and then I want to make sure I got your book right. So we actually know you as the Leadership Mints guy, and the book is... Get a grip on your leadership. Is uh, get that correct? Get a grip on your dream. Oh, I'm sorry. Get a grip on your dream. I got it wrong three, two times. One, I guess one more get time and I'll be getting it right. Things, uh, 
I studied okay. uh, leadership and been involved in it uh, for almost 30 years now. And uh, The book, I wrote that in the year 2000, so uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And since then, I've uh, incorporated that, added on with my blog that uh, people seem to be uh, reacting to very favorably. Okay, very good. Well, I know previously we had Susan Dreyfus, the uh, president and CEO from Families International in Milwaukee, and Jenny Firmer, the associate executive director of Alpert Jewish Family Services in West Palm Beach, Florida, on our show talking about impact leadership and what it means to them. And both of them really talked about the notion of organizations moving beyond a focus on a programmatic outcomes um, to looking more systemically at community impact. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I certainly would agree with that. Uh, the customer focus is, is everything, ha- has been for a while and continues to change. And that's the real issue here is even customers don't know what they want. Uh, so you have to continually engage them, understand them, uh, think about them, let them speak to you in their terms, not your terms. Uh, it reminds me so much of a story way back when, when um, in uh, P&G was trying to figure out why they couldn't sell their soap, ivory soap, to kids. And uh, it was all about how do you engage this audience in their, in their product. Uh, and they weren't buying it. And the reason they weren't buying it wasn't because it wasn't any good. Um, they cleaned fine. The trouble is it teared, so they thought. So here you have a whole customer base of, of children who think that the product is going to make them cry, tear. And now, so somebody had to come up with an idea, how do you engage this customer group in a new and different way with your product, which they perceive totally different. There is something that cheers. And so what uh, Edward Bernays did, he was the father of public relations. He said, look, uh, let's not use this soap as soap, something you wash with. Let's create large bricks of soap, huge, six-foot bricks and let's donate it to art schools. And so what the artists began doing, of course, is sculpting uh, with soap rather than clay, for example. And what happens when you sculpt? When you sculpt, you get some material on your hand. What's the next thing you do? You probably will wipe your eyes sooner or later. And lo and behold, it didn't tear them. So that whole customer phone got them to understand and use that product in a new and different way. And I just challenge organizations out there to, to think, uh, what can you do to your audience, uh, to your customer group, to your community, to let them see you in a new and, and different way, such as that. Okay. So if I bring this home to really our targeted audience, which is really public and nonprofit organizations, and, and Valerie, you can help out here, too, um, with regards to being able to gauge what the public wants and then understanding what they want, and being able to respond to that in a way that really begins to shift and shape community change, what might that look like? It, clearly, it's a, a, a way of understanding and going out into the community itself. Uh, I remember, for example, one of my client companies, the, the CEO had all of his direct reports go directly to an agency that we were thinking of doing, doing some business with, that is having uh, that having our, our leaders mentor in that program and donate, obviously, financial resources. But it wasn't until we got everybody over there uh, to actually see for themselves uh, what this organization did. And so you need to build an experience uh, around your uh, agency, your, your, 
your product, your service, uh, that builds and gives a learning experience to that intended audience. So they come away saying, gee, I didn't know that. I didn't know we could do that. Uh, I didn't know you did this. And it's, uh, really, that's when I, when I really focus on uh, the, those customers out there in the community and you find out uh, how they are using or could use your product or service, that's critical right there. Uh, when they begin to see you in a new and different light. Okay. Um, Valerie, any lights come on for you as it relates to building an experience that is relevant as it relates to the um, challenges that we face in public and nonprofit organizations? Um, I was thinking another thought, and I'll come back to that, but I was thinking about because I, when I did my master's, my um, – thesis was um, on building community capacity, and um, one of the things, uh, well, it was really about capacity of nonprofit organizations, and one of the things that showed up in the research is that, in fact, organizations may be meeting their um, programmatic outcomes, and they may be responding well to uh, funders and those who are um, contributing and expecting some evaluative data back. But mm-hmm. when community residents were polled about what these organizations were doing and if they were making a difference in communities, it was two different stories. Because mm-hmm. while often they are busy doing what they do, many haven't really um, – impacted the social and economic and um, uh, community issues that residents are looking to have addressed. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you ask the question about moving beyond programmatic outcomes to more systemic uh, community impact, that is absolutely critical for organizations to begin to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, and I think one challenge that I'm beginning to see just in the conversations that we've had between Susan and Jenny, and then yesterday I had a very uh, fascinating conversation with Mary Case, who's the Mm -hmm. former COO, um, Mm -hmm. been with the Father Joe Villages for 28 years here in San Diego, and she's transitioned on from that position. But Mm -hmm. during her her long tenure, Mm -hmm. part of my conversation that I had with her was around pressing her and kind of forcing her a little bit to... Um, talk a little bit about and articulate some of the um, legacies that she left. And one of the legacies that she was really proud of is really getting the organization to have as part of its culture, being able to articulate its programmatic outcomes and goals. And I can understand and really see how vitally important that is to the livelihood of the organization in the sense that, you know, that becomes very often an important and vital part of the funding. Absolutely. Um, a, uh, you know, a lot of times funding comes with outcomes attached to it. And right. so if the funders are out of touch with mm-hmm. what the community needs mm-hmm. and the organizations are trying to get the funding from funders who are out of touch, then we all remain mm-hmm. a little bit out of touch until somehow we bring some type of alignment um, where we're shaping what funders are also asking for. But, you know, just the bells kind of began to go off in my head with regards mm-hmm. to, wow, this is a really interesting and fascinating um, yes. picture 
when we kind of look at um, the importance of certainly programmatic outcomes and how those programmatic outcomes should certainly be impacting our communities and whether or not they really are, exactly. um, I think goes back to the conversation that Susan was have, you know, having. Um, it's kind of creating these collaborations where we see mm-hmm. a continuity of care, a continuity that drives to what you were talking about, Valerie, and that mm-hmm. is some type of social and economic change mm-hmm. and positive impact for our residents and the communities we serve. Exactly. That is exactly it. They um, Nonprofits do need to demonstrate in order to continue to get funding that they are, um, in fact, uh, achieving the goals that they've agreed to with funders and particularly foundations. But also, as you spoke to, foundations have to be more in tune with what the needs and conditions in communities are that need to be impacted and fund, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, a more, in a more targeted way what right. the issues are. Yeah, so I'm going to put a pause there, and I think this is going to actually drive us back to where Peter started us as yes. like really <laughs> engaging and understanding the customer. Um, but we need to take a short commercial break, and then we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. 
And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're discussing transforming lives and communities. With us today we have Peter Jeff, the author of Get a Grip on Your Dream. Did I get it right that time? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm All dreaming right. now. That's good. <laughs> Wonderful to have the Leadership Mints guy on the line. Thanks again, Peter, for being with us. And we also have on the line now who's joined us is David Harris, the Vice President of Iowa West Foundation. David, thanks for being with us. Thank you. I'm honored. Great. And then also is Valerie Wright, our associate producer. And Valerie, state the name of your organization and where you're now based. I, I uh, forget that we're, now that you're not with Neighborhood House, uh, where you are, because we continue to partner, and I just think of you as being part of the family still. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am um, with Right Ideas Unlimited and West Palm Beach, Florida. It's um, a non-profit, uh, for-profit consulting that I started just a few months ago. Feels like forever. <laughs> well, wonderful to have you on the line and, and to have you continuing with Leadership Matters. It's my pleasure, Dr. G. Loving it. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask um, Peter or um, David, either of you can start us off with maybe sharing a little, bit, a little bit about your own organizations with regards to um, what's being done to advance your organization's vision in a way that's making a critical point of difference in the lives and systems uh, that it touches. Sure. I'll uh, take a, a Um, I'm the uh, vice president for grant making uh, at a Midwestern regional foundation that uh, grants about $20 million a year uh, in the Omaha metropolitan region. We uh, uh, focus on four areas, uh, education, economic development, community development, and human and social needs. Uh, I, uh, my personal background is uh, I spent about seven years in the private sector at CBS and Morgan Stanley. I ran a private nonprofit youth agency in New York, where I'm from. Uh, and for the last 20 years, I've been in uh, philanthropy at the uh, Charles Stewart Mott Foundation in Michigan. Uh, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation uh, in Florida, and uh, here at the Iowa West Foundation, where we are um, actively engaged in uh, working at both the neighborhood level uh, and the regional level in trying to uh, build a a sustainable, equitable, and prosperous uh, community. Great. And when you think about, you know, I'm kind of thinking back and reflecting back on a conversation we were having just um, before our break as it relates to um, just how important, if funders are not in touch with their community, then how they are um, perhaps um, soliciting for their grants or maybe even responding to creative grants. Um, because so so often organizations are um, designing and driving based on programmatic outcomes that are defined by funders. If the funding sources are out of sync, then there's usually an alignment 
um, or can be an alignment challenge? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what does your organization do to stay in tune with what the needs of the community are? Well, you're, you're absolutely right in your perception about the uh, disconnect that exists in many uh, cases and in many uh, relationships between uh, philanthropic organizations and the uh, communities they profess to serve. The um, Iowa West Foundation is a place-based foundation. We uh, specifically focus uh, on the Omaha metropolitan region. And towards that end, uh, we undertake a number of uh, uh, both assessments uh, as well as um, uh, surveys and uh, listening activities uh, to really try to gain an understanding of what the critical issues are uh, facing our community. For example, this year uh, we did a survey of uh, youth in our community uh, to get a sense of what, uh, how they felt about uh, their community, uh, what they saw as the pressing needs. We uh, did an Internet-based survey through the schools and actually uh, got about 10% of the uh, 25,000 uh, young people that are in uh, our uh, city, which is Council Bluffs, uh, Iowa, uh, and we got some very uh, revealing and uh, interesting uh, responses. For example, um, there where the uh, public sector in the city uh, tries to uh, deny the uh, uh, the prevalence of uh, crime and and family violence, we found that that was a big issue that young people uh, saw in their lives. We have uh, in the heartland here uh, uh, an, a meth methamphetamine uh, epidemic that's uh, really uh, really touching uh, the uh, uh, the structure of so many families very much akin uh, to the way uh, crack devastated families in inner cities in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, we've also um, done phone surveys of adults to, uh, to understand what they uh, see as the uh, primary issues uh, facing uh, the community. And we've held uh, listening sessions throughout our uh, county, which is both uh, uh, has both urban and rural uh, components, and part of the best way uh, to get a sense of uh, feedback from rural residents is to actually uh, go to those communities and listen to what they uh, have to say. Um, uh, that I'd have to say. Uh, Doing those uh, types of assessments are very much different from the national foundations uh, that I worked at, where we uh, were much more prescriptive about the problems that we saw in communities and then the interventions we wanted to fund. Uh, doing it that way won't fly 
when you actually live in the community Mm -hmm. uh, where you're funding and you're not parachuting in uh, from 20,000 feet to try to make a difference. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I have to say I'm going to turn and uh, let us see if Peter has some thoughts he he wants to add to that. But I have to um, tell you I'm having flashbacks to when I lived in the um, Omaha area. I... I, um, Early in my career, I was a private rehab counselor and then a state rehab counselor, so I understand the kind of serving both that rural and then you also have that metropolitan um, area within the same, you're in one office but serving such different demographics. But I, I, I love the um, place-based methodology as well as what you're describing as the listening activities to really hear um, the needs of those who you're intending to serve. Peter, anything you'd like to add? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, bravo to David and his organization. Uh, that whole focus of listening and actually going face-to-face and listening more is so powerful. I find that with all of my clients, uh, the key is, do you listen or are you just hearing? And when you can get them to really uh, understand every difference between you just being, being there and nodding your head, and you actually being proactively listening, and that is so, people are empowered by that. You, mm-hmm. uh, for example, there's a, uh, a listening uh, leadership institute, and uh, they point out, I thought this was interesting, that uh, listening is second only to breathing as the activity you do most, even texting, sleeping, <laughs> uh, is, uh, is behind that. Mm-hmm. You listen is an, is an important human function. And the more we can uh, espouse that, as David has done, uh, I applaud that. Uh, you know, in, in the public relations uh, genre and uh, profession that I am a part of, you don't do anything, not one thing, uh, unless you begin with research. And research that has to be validated at the ground level. It isn't what you say in the ivory tower, even though you're my boss in the ivory tower. Um, you have to speak uh, truth. Uh, to power, and the truth comes from the people. And that's why I applaud what, uh, what David has done here, and it's really a wonderful thing. Yeah, so I, I'd say that. Um, so I think we're hearing uh, just the importance of, um, in order to make an impact in our communities, being in tune with our communities. I loved what you said in the first um, segment, Peter, about creating an experience and um want to talk a little bit more about and hear a little bit more about then after listening, um, what do we do to be responsive and how do we as organizations begin to form um, collaborations, alignment, is that what we need to do? What do leaders need to do in these various organizations to ensure that we are um, creating um, impact? Um, I think as a conversation I'd like to see us have in this next segment as well as, Valerie, I know you've been capturing um, are collecting um, emails from our listening audience, so we'll definitely want to respond to our listening audience as well. Dr. G, I wanted to share the experience of a of a program that we're working with in the Omaha uh, in in the city of Omaha called the uh, African American Empowerment Network. Uh, this is a group of leaders who have come together. Uh, to really try to address some of the uh, uh, the, the deep uh, social and economic disparities that have existed in the community for quite some time. 
many people uh, know of Omaha uh, as a uh, as the home of Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett and a number of Fortune 500 companies, and it is the uh, city with the um, largest number of uh, millionaires per capita of any city in the United States. <clears throat> but it's also the city uh, that has the second highest black child poverty rate in the nation. Uh, and that so, is... Um, uh, David, I'm going to ask you to do a, put a comma right there because I really want to hear that. I'm hearing that we need to go to commercial break. Sure. So when we come back, I'm going to ask us to pick right up with your continuing to share that story. Thank you. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, having a very... um Interesting conversation. I'm really enjoying it on transforming lives and communities. We have Peter Jeff, author of Get a Grip on Your Dream, David Harris, Vice President, Iowa West Foundation, and Valerie Wright, CEO with Wright's Ideals Unlimited. Thank you all three for being on the line. David, I said when we came back, we'd have you start right back where you left that comma. Uh, sure, you had asked yeah. about collaboration and community impact, and I was sharing about Omaha and uh, some of the dynamics of this community. Well, first off, um, this African-American Leadership Network was able to bring together the preachers, the politicians, 
the professionals and the people. And that was just at the very first level such a unique show of community unity and collaboration uh, that uh, in many communities uh, I've rarely been able to see. Uh, the way in which that happened was that uh, one young man uh, took it upon himself over a two-year period to meet individually with all of the leaders across the sectors uh, in the African-American community and challenge them to come together uh, to address uh, the challenges that the community face. Now, they came up with a vision, a 25-year uh, vision of some of the goals that they would uh, like to see uh, achieved <clears throat> uh, through uh, th this uh, effort, including increasing the dropout rate, decreasing the teen pregnancy rate, uh, decreasing the poverty rate, and a number of other um, uh, goals that have been established. The next challenge that, and this is where we've uh, gotten involved as a funder, is how do you take, a, say, in, an, in a community where you have 10 youth organizations all doing uh, their own separate program, how do you get them to buy into a broad goal and each of them, based on the, the strengths and assets that they as an organization bring, uh, commit to uh, a certain um, activity or objective uh, that helps you achieve the broad goal. That's the next level of collaboration that we are uh, struggling with in the community. And then finally, how is this all uh, validated uh, and, in fact, uh, uh, recognized by the residents uh, that this is the right way uh, they want this initiative to go uh, and, and be accountable uh, to truly uh, what the residents want uh, beyond just what the needs of the uh, organizations are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. I think, that's, I think that is very consistent with what we heard Jenny and Susan talking about um, in general, and it sounds like you're doing it in action. Um, and I think that's the, that is going to be the wave in so many different sectors, be it education or, or um, social services it, or it really all of them coming together and saying, how do we create this continuity and continuum of services that lead to these broad impacts and that there's not a fighting for resources but an alignment of resources. Each organization may be having an impact in a certain area that, again, leads to what you've described as this broader vision or goal. Love it. Um, anything you want to add, Peter or Valerie? It, it's that spirit of integration. Uh, I'm working a lot with my clients now on the idea of curiosity. Uh, how curious are you about your partners or would-be partners? You know, David spoke about the 10 different uh, youth groups. Uh, it's, it would be very important to have each of those groups get curious about the other group. Uh, and if you're curious about them, you're going to be listening more and telling to them. You're going to be, you're going to be more creative. You're going to be look for cost-effective ways to do something that they're not doing that could complement what you, what you need to have done. Um, you know, this idea of if you're curious, 
you will seek continuous improvement, which I think is my bottom line for all leadership, is that we're never satisfied. And we're always looking for ways to leverage, you know, our spirit, our energy, our drive, uh, overcome all of these challenges. But if you're not curious about, one, what more could I do as an individual or an individual organization? And uh, two, I don't know much about you. Uh, or what I do know may be dated. And so let's get together and learn it from each other. And if that, those two groups can get together, then those two get together with four groups and we've got an exponential. And then I love that, what, what David said, when he, when he challenged, challenged those politicians, those professionals, pastors to get together. Uh, yes, uh, be curious and see what together uh, could we do. Uh, for one of my clients, I did a, a mentoring uh, program that tried to leverage that kind of expertise in, in, the, in the company. And uh, I gave them, and this might be something that uh, you might want to uh, work on uh, down, down in the future, it's important to make sure people stay connected. Uh, I've seen too many of this, let's meet and greet, we're all excited, and then we'll go, we go back uh, to our, our own organizations and hide out in our silos because we're comfortable there. And um, so I gave each member of the group an uh, electrical connector, you know, the thing that you use in a lamp, to connect those wires, and made the point that, you know, you may have a great great light of an idea here, um, but you know what? We need a power source. We need a funding source here. And uh, so that's got to be connected to power. And if we don't connect these wires that are going to connect the power source to that light, we've got to stay connected to have those good ideas. So once you leave here, I want you to take this uh, electrical connector, put it in your pocket. Every time you reach for change, you're going to pull it out, and it's going to remind you, oh, yeah, I've got to be connected to somebody today. So call up somebody, another organization, somebody you wanted to collaborate with, somebody you wanted to learn from, and remind yourself to stay connected. Right, and, and I think that there's a building connectivity that happens when you can um, step back and do what David was talking about, and that is create a vision that becomes the connector when people actually find that um, that tie to that common goal that they're sharing and working toward um, that broader vision. Uh, I, I think the other thing that comes up in um, something to explore and think about and be mindful of in that type of collaboration would be the building of trust. And I think yeah. as each person comes together and they engage in a way where they're compassionate and kind and encouraging in their interactions, then it creates that uh, spirit of of compassion and collaboration toward that vision. And I, just, I think that's exciting work, David. Thanks for sharing it. I um, think uh, Peter was mm-hmm. on target about the uh, comments about curiosity, and I would suggest that if that curiosity has as its underpinning a spirit of humility, mm-hmm. then that's when we uh, see authentic leadership uh, in communities. I call it a sense of wonderment. Love it. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're. I think you're both right on, um, Valerie. Want to have you come in here and not miss the opportunity to have you at least share some of the questions you've received from the listening audience. Sure, Peter or David can respond to them. Yes, we have a question from Belinda in New York. Her question is: Can you discuss the relationship between organizational capacity and its ability to have an impact on the community? Okay, thank you, Belinda, for your question. Peter or David, would either of you like to respond to Belinda? I think too often uh, many organizations hold on to what they think they know. Uh, as you said, uh, my book is called Get a Grip on Your Dream. 
How do you get a grip on things? You let go. Let go of what you think you know to grab something more. To gri- that word grasp is interesting to me. You're not gripping something, holding it tight. You are grasping a broader reach. And uh, too often, uh, you are limiting your, your, your own focus when you're uh, just simply going to grip what you already have and you're not willing to look forward to um, letting go to learn. You might learn something new, uh, including maybe you don't have a firm footing here. Uh, you know, and this, uh, this idea of uh, so many companies, I see this in my client group now, uh, and it has not changed over the years. They get success, successful in one particular thing, and they think that's it. Of course, change happens, and uh, and they forget that. And uh, well, let's go back to what we're comfortable with. And I just think uh, organizational capacity is there's so much more there. If you could peel back that that onion and reach down deep and let go uh, to see what more you could what more you could know. Right. And anything you'd like to add to that? Thanks, Peter. David, anything you want to add? Well, one of the new ways capacity building is being uh, defined is uh, uh, adaptive capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Peter talked about, the ability to learn, continuous learning, continuous growth. It's not just about having the right people, making sure everyone's trained, having the right systems. Uh, It's about a way in which we approach the work uh, that keeps us in a state of continuous improvement. Uh, that uh, is a critical element of uh, uh, capacity building that um, more organizations need to, to build. Fabulous. Great. Thank you both for responding to Belinda. Uh, Valerie, do you have another question? I do. I have um, a question from Ahmed in Georgia. He says, we all know and can see that nonprofits make a difference and add value, some more than others in communities. And as you discussed earlier, they are often able to articulate that in programmatic outcomes. However, as funders seek more proof of their of return on investment for funded services, there is a need to measure and demonstrate social and systems impact. What can leaders do to demonstrate this impact, such as assessments or research available to measure and articulate impact and success in changing conditions in communities? Okay, Hamid, thank you for that question. That's uh, very thought-provoking. Peter or David, either of you want to start with that? Or Valerie, please feel free to jump in as well. Sure. Well, that's actually a pretty tough one, but but I'll take uh, an initial uh, crack at it. Uh, I think uh, the the first step has to be, and, and I think you can do this visually, is to really lay out um, the the systemic nature of the problem you're trying to address uh, and and it's it's very easy and we saw this for example in the uh, whole case of uh, changing welfare reform uh, to end welfare as we know it uh, to uh, make the problem, uh, the problem is the people, that we're trying to fix the people. Um, uh, these people don't want to work or 
or, or these people are, are lazy or they want to get uh, a government check. Um, we, over the course of 70 years from the New Deal to uh, President Clinton, shifted the discussion of, of welfare and the safety net from an issue of systemic imbalances, the inability of our economy to be able to uh, uh, produce full employment or to generate the kind of jobs that people need, uh, all the way from from that sort of systemic assessment to one in which uh, we, by the uh, late 1990s, uh, uh, demonized and identified the individuals. So I do think we've got to map out for every problem how the different uh, first, uh, how the different institutions, and then how those institutions are buttressed, buttressed uh, by uh, systems that, in fact, help uh, sustain and perpetuate many of the disparities uh, that we're trying to address, and how, in fact, uh, uh, a program uh, may have certain outcomes uh, that, uh, uh, that get to that uh, system level. And so as an example, um, uh, let's take a youth employment program since I was talking about the issue of work and, and people working. Um, it's not enough to uh, say that we're going to put a bunch of young people through job readiness training and we're going to get them employment and we're going to see that six months later that a majority of them are still employed, uh, but also the thing is how are we, one, ensuring that uh, they're being employed at living wages uh, with the type of uh, uh, benefits that uh, enable them to uh, maintain or, or sustain a family, uh, what type of uh, information are we uh, sharing with them in the training so that Young people can become advocates for for those coming behind them uh, and dealing with uh, uh, the the systems or the institutions they're going to have to confront to try to uh, secure employment. Yes, absolutely. And what's the kind of policy or advocacy work that we're doing? I'll pause you for just a moment, David, again, to take a um, commercial break. Well, I'm but ending I'm, there. I'm Thank loving you. where you are because I think it's so important with regards to us driving to thinking about um, these systems impacts and system goals. We're going to take a short break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters. Have you pick right back up, David, um, talking about ways that we're informing leaders and inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids by kids along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up-close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Okay, we're back with more in Leadership Matters, continuing this conversation on transforming lives and communities. David, we're going to pick up right with you. Um, as you were talking, it was definitely ringing so true that um, if we're going to see impact in our communities um, being driven by leaders in our community organizations and so on and so forth, a lot of it will, um, what will definitely help will be having our funders um, as well as our community organizations, in tune with setting not only individual goals, but goals that really impact the system and that they have a system-wide impact. Want to say a little bit more about that? Sure, and approaching it from the uh, perspective of a practitioner, uh, I think the uh, strongest practitioners are those who are um, developing high-quality uh, sound programs uh, that that uh, address whatever uh, problem or issue it is they identify, but that also they build in two additional components beyond practice. One is research, and that is constantly trying to learn from what you're doing, uh, trying to learn about the external environment as much as possible from those who you're working with or serving, and then also a policy advocacy uh, component. That is, 
looking at uh, the systemic level uh, mechanisms that uh, uh, that shape uh, the issue or problem you're working on and coming up with uh, uh, activities or solutions that also address the policy advocacy level. It's not enough just to implement a good program uh, these days. You have to have the research or evaluation component, and you also have to have a policy and advocacy component. Love it. I think, um, I think that's so right on. And I'm going to drive back to Peter because I think um, part of what you've communicated, um, David, and you talked a little bit about was authentic leadership. And I know one of the things that um, Peter's book is big on is personal leadership. Um, you know, get a grip on your dream. I think the grip piece that we talked about a little bit uh, before we came online um, Peter, I think it would be really wonderful for you to share with our listening audience. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Uh, GRIP is a uh, process uh, for goal-setting, risk-making, initiating, and persisting. So goal-setting, think, uh, think of that four-step process uh, in a diamond shape, uh, like a baseball diamond. And so if you hit uh, a goal, if you hit, you're a hitter at the home plate, you hit a goal, you're only on first base. That's uh, just getting you in the game. Too many of my clients think, well, we're done. <laughs> All we got to do is execute now. Well, not really, because now you've got to make your risk. I don't say take a risk. I say make a risk, uh, which is a revised insight, uh, stimulating knowledge, R-I-S-K, which means now that, okay, I'm on second base. Consider where I was before at home plate, 180 degrees different. I'm now looking back to where I was. I should be able, from that vantage point, understand where I was and what I thought I saw. Just as David mentioned, making sure that we understand what the problem is at a systemic level. Well, viewing it from home plate is a little different than second base. You know, now we're seeing a different perspective on this, on this, problem, on this whole problem. Hopefully there at second base, you now can initiate, looking down the third base now, and initiate, to my way of thinking, it doesn't mean just do something. Uh, it is to become initiated by. It is to learn from. It is to understand the culture uh, within. Uh, it is to be invested in what you're seeing down, down there on third base, uh, which means get involved in that community. Understand it every which way. Only there. Now I'm on third base. Now I can persist. That's the P part of the, that process. And um, persist uh, doesn't mean just uh, pushing forward. Uh, uh, persist uh, comes from a Latin word, persistering, which means to take a stand. And that's where your vision comes in. This is where your your focus and, and direction and your sense of conviction, because you're going to get pushback. If uh, everybody knows, right, uh, how many people get to third base and no, never really get to home because they're just getting too much pushback here. And hopefully, if you have done the process correctly up to this point, that has just got on base with a goal, probably ended up revising that, should revise that enough so that when you got the third base, now you've been in, in, in embedded with new information that now will take you home. And right. I always tell my clients that, look, you hit the home run, mm -hmm. but guess what? you got a new game, a new inning right now. It's uh, what worked 60 seconds ago is not going to work now. 
and this idea of continuous uh, improvement. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that, and really thank you to both of us. I think that there's been so much that you've said with regards to listening, learning, having excellent programmatic goals, collaborating, and ensuring that we also include research, evaluation, and policy advocacy in that reach. I want to thank our listening audience for being uh, with us uh, um, today as well, and Valerie for coming on. Please join us next week and every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.